Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. From Mamma Mia, hi, I'm Claire Murphy. Welcome to The Quickie, getting you up to speed daily. We're being told a lot of things about how to deal with the COVID-19 coronavirus pandemic right now. And sometimes it's a little confusing. And we anticipate that will be what our task will be over about the next six months. No one can know for certain how long this will run. It could be shorter than that. It could be longer than that. But the measures that we're putting in place as as a government is making those types of assumptions, but that is being updated on a daily basis. So what does it mean to self-isolate as opposed to quarantine? What is social distancing? We try to get all the various ways we're supposed to stop this virus from spreading straight in our heads as we stare down the barrel of a potential full virus lockdown. Mamma Mia subscribers, you've been asking and we've been listening. Now you can get all of your exclusive subscriber audio on Apple Podcasts. That includes everything from bonus episodes of your favourite pods to exclusive segments to all of our audio series. To link your Mamma Mia subscription to Apple Podcasts, open the Mamma Mia Out Loud page in your Apple Podcasts app and follow the prompts or head to help.mamamia.com.au. On Sunday, our Prime Minister Scott Morrison outlined the ways in which the Australian government is working to slow the spread of the COVID-19 coronavirus. We know that the virus cannot be absolutely stopped. Of course not. No one can do that. But we can slow the spread. We will impose a universal precautionary self-isolation requirement on all international arrivals uh, to Australia, and that is effective from midnight tonight. Further, the Australian government will also ban cruise ships Uh, from foreign ports from arriving at Australian ports uh, for initial 30 days and that will go forward on a rolling basis. In general, non-essential gatherings of more than 500 people should not occur. While it may seem anti-intuitive, there is very good reasons why you would not be moving to broad-scale closures of schools. That could actually make the situation worse. There's no more handshakes. But how do you even make it back to your place without coming into contact with a dozen or more people if you're coming in from overseas? What if you haven't had the time to prepare for 14 days without leaving the house? And what exactly are you allowed to do? Who else needs to self-isolate? And what's the difference between self-isolation and social distancing? Today, we're going to break it all down to find out why it's all about flattening the curve, but we'll have more on that later. The Australian Department of Health has recommendations for anyone arriving back in the country. Have you recently been overseas or in contact with someone with coronavirus? It's important to monitor your health. If you develop flu-like symptoms, fever or cough, seek medical advice and call ahead if going to a doctor. If your illness is mild, rest and stay at home. Practice good hygiene and stay away from those who are prone to viruses, including older people. Together, we can help stop the spread and stay healthy. Visit health.gov.au to learn more. Authorised by the Australian Government, Canberra. 
They also advise that on arriving back in Australia, try to use personal transport like your own car to return home so you limit your exposure to others. If you have to use a taxi or public transport, wear a mask, avoid physical contact with other passengers or drivers, and make sure you cough or sneeze into your elbow, not your hands. So what does it mean to self-isolate and how is this different to social distancing? Well, social distancing is putting more space between you and everyone else around you and not being in large crowds, which is why the government stopped all gatherings of more than 500 people. So when you go to the shops, instead of queuing directly behind someone, add an extra metre of space between you, so it makes it harder for the virus to jump from you to them and vice versa. But if you have come into contact with someone who's tested positive for COVID-19, or if you've recently returned from overseas, you will need to self-isolate. This means staying at home for 14 days. And during this time, you cannot go to any public places. So no work, no school, no childcare, shops or any place you'll come into contact with other people. Only the people you live with should enter your home. So no visitors during this time. And if you can social distance from the people in your house, like using a different bathroom, staying in a different room is ideal. If the person self-isolating starts to show symptoms of the virus, the other people who live with you will also have to self-isolate. During this time, you will need to clean like you have never cleaned before. Any surfaces that are touched regularly need to be disinfected, like light switches, door handles and countertops. If you are in self-isolation, you'll need to ask others to get your essentials from the supermarket and have them dropped at your door, not brought inside. If you have to walk out to collect it, you have to wear a mask. But if you don't have one, you've got to be super careful not to cough or sneeze around anyone else. If you live in a private home, you're allowed to go out into your garden or courtyard. But if you live in an apartment or are staying in a hotel, you'll need to wear a mask if you're planning on going outside into any of those areas. If you do get sick and develop symptoms like a sore throat, dry cough, tiredness or shortness of breath within that 14-day period, you'll need to call your GP or hospital before you arrive so they can take measures to protect themselves and others. If after 14 days of self-isolation you show no signs of the virus, you can go back to life in the outside world. But if you do get sick and test positive for COVID-19, it's quarantine time. You must stay in your home or healthcare setting until public health authorities tell you that you're all clear of the virus and allowed to leave. Now, currently, Australia is not in a countrywide lockdown, so only those who've travelled overseas or who've had contact with someone who has the virus are having to self-isolate. But the Prime Minister advised on Sunday that this might be a possibility, and we've seen countries like Italy and Spain adopt a nationwide approach to this so that they can, what is being referred to a lot in these discussions, flatten the curve. Dr Sanjaya Sananayake is an infectious disease specialist based at Canberra's Australian National University. Doctor, what does it mean to flatten the curve? With an outbreak, you can have it end quickly, or end over a longer period of time. Now, when you hear those options, the former one, ending quickly, sounds better. But for that to occur, it means that a lot of people will get infected at once. And if you look at an epidemic curve, that means there'll be a big spike in cases. And the problem with that is that the health system may not have the capacity to cope with it. Now, on the other hand, you try and put in measures to slow the outbreak down, it'll go on for longer, but that peak of cases, that spike will be much less. So that means your health services and your other societal infrastructure will be able to manage. 
Is this when we see a large number of people die quickly because the health services aren't able to handle that amount of patients? I know we've seen in Italy stories about, you know, older patients are basically being left in favour of younger patients who are more likely to recover. Well, those are the decisions that would have to be made if your health system was over capacity. You would have to triage who you treat and who you don't. And remember, it may not just be COVID-19 patients where you may have to make that decision. What about the patients who you normally see outside an epidemic, the people with heart attacks, asthma attacks, bleeding, peptic ulcers, all those patients, it may have implications. And so that's why we're trying to slow the outbreak down so we can manage. So let's talk about some of the measures that the government has brought in. We are now self-isolating everyone who arrives from overseas, but we know that there is already human-to-human transmission. Will that make a big difference? Of the cases we've had so far in Australia, over half of them have been associated with overseas travel. And given that there are over 100 countries in the world with varying degrees of COVID-19, I think it's a good idea to do it. How effective is social distancing? So we're not in full lockdown now. We are allowed to get out and about, but we're being told to social distance. So give a bit of space between us and the people around us. How effective is that? Because do we even know how far COVID-19, the virus will, you know, fling out of someone if they do happen to sneeze or even if they are breathing or how long it hangs in the air? Do we know any of those things? We may not know in great depth about this virus, but we know its relations, other coronaviruses, spread via droplets. And we know that when people sneeze and cough, those droplets, which contain virus particles, they drop quickly to the ground. They don't hang about in the air normally. And they'll generally drop to the ground around a metre or so in front of that person. And it could land on contaminated uh, surfaces, which is why if you touch surfaces when you've been outside, it's, it's good to wash your hands and use hand hygiene regularly. Can we talk about schools for a second? Because people were a little bit surprised that schools weren't shut down. And we have been hearing quite a bit about children not catching it as frequently and then not having as serious a reaction to it. But if we're talking about wanting to stop the spread, should we be going further and doing things like shutting down schools or shutting down things altogether the way that Italy and Spain have done? If we take influenza, children are a big driver of transmission in the community. So if COVID-19 is like influenza and lots of kids get infected, even if they're not sick with it, then closing schools down for a period would be a good idea. I think there's still some uncertainty about that. If you looked at the Chinese data of the many tens of thousands of cases they've had, only about 2% of those confirmed cases were in kids. And it would be worth trying to tease out if kids are really getting infected, even if they're not sick, because if you close schools, it means particularly for primary kids, parents will have to stay home. And those parents may be very important in fighting the coronavirus at a bureaucratic level or being a healthcare worker, etc. There's also some discussion about if kids are let out of school, it could potentially put more vulnerable people at risk because, for example, if mum and dad do still have to work and the grandparents are the ones next in line for carers' duty, then they might be a bit more vulnerable to the virus for their health. That's right. So I think if there is a closure of schools, it's really important that people minimise 
what they are doing outside school. So really try and spend as much time at home as possible, not mix with people as much as possible. And if you do, keep that social distance of one and a half metres. Are we seeing this work in other countries? What is it looking like in Italy, in Spain, and especially in China where this all originated from? Are we seeing this kind of social distancing and self-isolation working? Are they flattening the curve? Look, certainly in China, it seems to have worked. And uh, the Chinese government uh, locked down 60 million people. And uh, now, instead of having around 3,000 cases reported every day, they were down to about 20 just the other day. So it seems to have worked. And hopefully, they won't have a second wave of infection. I think it's too early to see if those measures will work in the European countries you've mentioned, because they've largely been, I think, reactionary measures when once the infection's already been established. So we'll have to give it a couple of weeks to see if it works. But in theory, it should. Quarantine's uh, a, a good way of uh, slowing down or getting rid of an infection. What's the potential outcome if we don't listen to our government and don't self-isolate when we come back in from the country or we don't self-isolate when we've come in contact with someone who has COVID-19 already? What's the, what's the worst-case scenario here? Well, the worst-case scenario is if this virus catches hold and we get a lot of local transmission in a short period of time, then we'll be looking at that epidemic curve we talked about at the start where you have a short outbreak, but you have a lot of cases at once. And then that puts a big strain on the health system and the other parts of our societal infrastructure. So that's uh, ideally not where we want to go. While schools haven't been closed at this stage, they have been advised to stop holding assemblies, stay in their class units as much as possible and continue their rigorous hygiene measures like constant hand washing and the wiping down of desks and other surfaces. Teachers are also already working to make sure there are ways in place to ensure your kids' education continues if they do decide to close campuses. So if we do have to all head home to make sure we don't have this curve spike and put too much pressure on our health system, how long will it go on for? Well, we know that the incubation period of the virus is about two weeks. So within two weeks of lockdown, everyone who's going to get sick will have gotten sick. And once people get sick, their sickness, if it's a mild illness from the Chinese data, it seems to last about two weeks. If you have a more serious illness, it may be anywhere from three to six weeks. So potentially it might be a good six weeks or so before we start to think of stopping the lockdown. Lucky for your ears, the quickie is being made in the team's homes already. So while you're in self-isolation, you'll always be able to tune in for an update here. This episode was produced by myself, Claire Murphy, with audio production by Ian Camilleri. For more episodes, including how you can get your finances sorted through this coronavirus crisis, you can find more at mamamia.com.au forward slash the quickie.